in a world. Four friends, one mission. Mikey, what are you doing? I'm doing the thing for the podcast. It's not that hard, bud. Dude, just say the name. Fine. It's the Freedom Friends Podcast. Well, it's about time to do one of these shows. It's time for the Freedom Friends Podcast. And uh, if you are watching this, it looks absolutely like nothing like what you're used to. There's only two of us. uh, And I'm the only normal one because I have a guest with me today. Very good friend of mine, Mr. Steve Dixon. Say hi, Steve. Hi. There you go. Uh, you know, you've never done a podcast before, right? No, I have not. Okay. So I'm going to, I got to do the whole pay the bills portion real quick. And then, uh, then we're just going to have a conversation. It's going to be great. All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so this is the Freedom Friends podcast brought to you by warfightertobacco.com. If you go over there and you use that code FTFO, you're going to get 15% off all the smoky treats. That delight that palate. I'm just going straight, just like erotic novel. With you really these, are. These, these are very descriptive. <laughs> with these I'm ads here for today. It it's just a. So if you're looking for something long, hard, and delicious to stick in that suck hole of yours, go check out warfightertobacco.com. Uh, speaking of delicious things, they make some uh, some tinctures. They do. Things like that to be added in over at ohwellness.us. All the CBD treats and needs you could ask for. It's good for what ails you, especially if you had one hell of a night before and maybe a little sore. Before, or maybe it takes a massage to really get that motor going. Make some massage all over there that you can get your hands on as well. Uh, and then, damn, we've got some good friends. Oh, code Freedom Friends 25. Freedom Friends 25. It's going to get you a quarter off the order yes. over there. And then our damn good friends over at grillyourassoff.com. And if you go to grillyourassoff.com slash Freedom Friends Podcast, they couldn't have made that any longer. Yeah, like FFP. It's so long. Slash FTFO. It's crazy long. That's kind of on us, though. We have the long name, so. That's, okay. It's kind of, kind of on. Or there's a link. There's a link. Somewhere. Anyways, uh, Grill Your Ass Off makes uh, barbecue seasonings that will make your meat the most delicious thing anybody has ever stuck in their mouth. And they highly encourage you for you to take their spicy goodness and rub it on your meat as often as possible. Okay. Yeah. But if uh, you use the code, uh, I think it's Freedom Friends Podcast. Freedom Friends Podcast over there. Or if you just go to the link. Or go to the link. It's so long, I can't remember. I just got to just use the link. Uh, You're going to get a little bit off your order. And they're going to send you um, some, some, some bags of suspicious powder to your address of choice. And then... Uh, <laughs> You can use that over there. Anyways, that's how you pay the bills uh, here on this show. It's it's high quality. Right. Yeah. Okay. Have you have you explained to Mr. Dixon our famous tagline? Oh, so uh, when we started the show, it started as a joke, and uh, uh, a couple of us just kept saying it, and now it's stuck, and it's become the show's tagline. But the tagline here is literally mediocre at best. Like that is. That is the standard of operation around here. Is just well, good. I don't feel very much pressure then. Oh no, this will be like one of the highest performing shows just because you're here. Like it is, a, it'll. But uh, yeah, it's mediocre at best around here. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Now we just talk. That's how podcasts work. And for some reason, the chuckleheads on the internet like to listen to us. So, uh, we'll do a little bit of introduction. I gave I gave them your name. This is a very good friend of mine, Steve. Um, we met about a year. Yeah, a little over a year. A little over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, became pretty fast friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been stuck with me ever since. So 
um, I've actually talked about you a couple times on the show. I've just never mentioned your name. Um, about, I think I just keep referring to him as my friend Steve, but that's, this is my friend Steve that I've talked about before. Um, so I didn't like release any secrets about you. It was just a, Oh, good. Well, it was like, I went for a ride over the weekend with my friend Steve. Wow. Stuff like that. Um, anyways, this is that friend Steve. He's real. Yeah. We always talk about good rides. It, <laughs> <laughs> now you know why we're friends. Um, anyways, why don't you give them like a quick background, just like, uh, uh, you know, branch years, what you did. Oh, kind of stuff. okay. Uh, I was U.S. Army, started off as a Bravo, uh, ended up as a Lima. Uh, so Bravo hasn't changed. Like 11 Bravos have been 11 Bravos right. for ever they always will be mm-hmm. um but the transition to lima what was the actual job because they've probably changed that designator oh well that's when we started the very 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 beginning of computers oh so it's all the cyber security stuff now yes. or okay right. okay i don't know what the cyber guys are are there all 35 series guys now aren't they all the 30 all the cyber i believe guys? so yeah um and they're all at uh i don't remember the name of it now but I had a Sierra edition. So, yeah, and we can get into that if you want to, because I don't think a lot of our people know kind of the heraldry of that. Um, and obviously, there's some there's some through line from what you did to what a couple of our other hosts did. So, if you want to say what that is, we can, or we can we can well, leave that out. We were such a different time period uh, when I first got in. There was no such thing as uh, sniper school. Yeah, so let's roll that. So the year you got in? 69. And you served till? 90. 90. So 21 years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but when you got in in 69, there was no sniper designation. Like no, it was, uh-uh. that's when the Army started paying attention to the Marine Corps, Carl Hathcock and those guys. And uh, we had some people in a unit that we called a marksman. And that would be the best shooter in the company, or the best shooter in the battalion. And I was marked, I was a marksman. And then uh, when they came out with the sniper school, a bunch of us were invited to come and spend some time at the sniper school to pick up the other side of being a sniper as, a pull, as opposed to pulling the trigger. The spotter side? The spotter side and the recon side. Oh, okay. Uh, sniper today is is mostly recon. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of just watch report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were different. We actually, our mission was more of uh, uh, the spot the sniper skills. Right. It was more of a kinetic solution kind of situation, right. and that's what was needed at the time. Right. But I mean, you, but we're we're talking literally at that period in time, and. Yes, we have the rule here about no war stories. But to give you to give people context, that was not a hearts and minds mission. That was a man on man war. Like that was a there's going to be more of us left than you at the end of right. this. Like that's that was the whole mission there. So yeah, yeah that was a different animal. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So. Uh, so so the original school was all invite. The first few sessions, yes. Wow. Because they were really trying to put the put the program together because it didn't morph into recon until after, way after the Vietnam War. 
So what, like mid seventies somewhere yeah, in there? Yeah, mid seventies, about seventy. I, I'm not for sure exactly, but it was in that seventy time period because the mission changed. Right. The, the actual kinetic war started to wind down, and right, it was more right. of a yeah, yeah. And I didn't know the initial school was invite only. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense though. Like why not go to a bunch of designated marksmen and go like, Hey, look, you guys already have a lot of the base skill set. We're not training from raw. We just need to see if we can put, if we can add some skills to this and see how that starts to shake out. Well, yeah. And they, they interviewed a bunch of us and said, okay, what do you think the guys need to know? You know? Oh, really? Yeah. So they were going off like you, so you had mission experience at that point. And so right. they were going, Hey, was it essentially a question like, what are you doing outside of your mission parameter that we should be teaching these people? Was it more of like that kind of thing? Like what additional stuff are you guys doing right. that other we're not than, telling other, you to do right yeah, now? Yeah, other than pulling the trigger, what else do you do? You know, and uh, they really wanted to know because the only, only reference they had was the Marine Corps school and the Marine Corps, Marine Corps school was taught in the field. Really? Yeah. The very beginning, yeah, they didn't have the... A lot of their snipers were trained by Carl Hathcock in Nam at the time. So there was no schoolhouse. It was strictly a... Yeah, at that point in time, yes. Oh, my God. Justin, could you imagine going like, hey, you want the skill designator, but it's all going to be hip pocket training... (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I feel like that would be really good training, though. As uh, you're going to retain like, it, schoolhouse stuff. Like, I feel like that could be very efficient training because they're going to cut out all the bullshit if it's in the box, like on the ground. They're like, no, here's what you actually need to know. Well, you know what it gets rid of though? It gets rid of all that schoolhouse stuff. It'd be like, this skill could shave your life, and then you're out like in the field doing it. And be like, no, don't do it my way, and then. You get a first class ticket home. Uh, it, You're not going to remember absolutely. that flight, but it's first class home. Yes. And it's like, yeah. God. It, real, real guys teaching you real things. Yeah, I could oh, definitely, I could see that being. I could see it being efficient. efficient. I just can't imagine. Oh, it's got to be super stressful. Well, I can't imagine the army trying to do that now. Oh, absolutely not. They would never. I just different can't imagine trying to. Different times. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a different generation. I know modern day soldiers and. So much of it now, though, feels like it's like they're they're giving you almost too much knowledge. So that way, if you screw it up, they can be like, well, we taught you this because you went to this school. So this is actually your fault. And it's like, what? <laughs> Problem I have now, even while I was in, and I've been out, you know, over a decade now. The problem I had even when I was in, you go to schoolhouse stuff, was it everybody that was going to schools to increase a true skill set, not not like A knocker, B knocker, not your, just your promotion school, but like a true skill school. It all felt like they were only there to get the promotion points. Are so you the, talking about the the students or the the students? The students, like, yeah. It, cadre go because it's well, ex- well, the schedule's awesome. In and the army that like, you and me were in, so much of it is essentially just promotion points. Because like, like I went to airborne school, I. The amount okay. of shit that would have to happen for you didn't an have airborne near enough shit on your sleeve to ever worry about using it, yeah like it's like in a combat situation yeah we trained it all the time but like I'm not thinking like oh like we're gonna we're gonna be jumping into Afghanistan or Russia or something like that like that's just not that's not good unless it is blown to smithereens and then they could do it well but. and really airborne 
insertion now. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, airborne insertion since honestly about World War II mm-hmm. is just a recipe for disaster. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's oh. it's too slow. Yeah. It's way too conspicuous. Like the visibility is just way too high. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's just like it's gonna be. We're gonna throw a lot of bodies at it, and hopefully some of them keep on moving. But like we, that's that's. But what we stopped fighting attrition wars. Yeah. World War II was the last. Absolutely. Truly attrition war. But, uh, I guess you were there, so absolutely tell me I'm a fucking idiot. The start of Vietnam, we still win at it. Kind of World War II Korea, where it was like... Yeah, the mentality was the same. It was, it was battalion shows up, battalion gets in formation, battalion moves forward online, and you just assault, and you, you leapfrog forward. But we learned pretty quick. It was like, okay, that is <laughs> in really dense... Fast moving warfare. This does not work. And we adapted, but that was also birth of air cav and birth. I mean, so that was the quick insertion in and out small yeah, team. Because most of the guys back then, you were getting the guys, the old brown boot guys. We hadn't even switched over to the, to the black combat boots. These guys were still wearing brown boots at that time. Jeez. You know, and they, they were all Korea and, and World yeah, War II. Taylor World War II. And yeah. You know. Yeah, because I guess you're seeing, yeah. I mean, at that point, you could have had guys that were junior enlisted in World War II. Yeah. And that was now your NCO Corps mm-hmm. by the time Vietnam that's kicked. Most of your senior. It, it's all going to be your senior guys. Those are going to be right. the guys that are, you know, that's your first sergeants, your master sergeants, your, your right. sergeant majors. That's all the guys well, that were like. Back then, they didn't have sergeant major. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So you went to E8. If you were an E8, most E8s back then, were brown boot, and you knew it. I mean, those were a, those were a heck of a guy. You know, I mean, he's a hard dude. Oh, man, <laughs> the stuff they went through. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, and some of them a couple respect, times. Let me tell you. I mean, you're talking about guys that would have done World War II and then would have done Korea. Yep, and are now spinning up and either going or training for Vietnam. I mean, that's yeah, that is a lifetime Vietnam, of warfare. A lot of people don't realize that almost. Almost all, except for the reserve units that were called in, almost all of the, the regular army were all brown booters. That's craziness. You know, and then they got the gra- drafts going pretty good, and that's when they started bringing the brown boots out. Now, if, if I'm not mistaken, because you've told me the story, uh, you obviously were qualified for the draft, but you didn't wait. You just showed up and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, let's, yeah. let's go. Yeah. But you also ended up in the army by accident. Yes. Yeah. I had, and I hadn't even planned on going in that day. <laughs> yeah. I went down to the recruiter's office to get some information. I was, it was on my 18th birthday. And I went down to the Air Force recruiter because I'd been in the Civil Air Patrol. Okay. And so I was sitting there and he was gone. And the Army recruiter comes in and he goes, You know, they're not going to let you fly. I went, well, of course not. I don't have a college education. I know I can't fly. I'll never be a pilot. And he goes, I can let you fly. We have the Warrant Officer, Officer Program. program. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, okay. Let me think about that for a minute. Flying, get from enlisted to Warrant Officer. Oh, heck yeah. So I went over there and signed all the contracts and everything and 
He goes, oh, by the way, we need to run you down the MEP station real quick and have you swear in, and then you go home, and we'll call you back in a little while. Well, went to the MEP station, what's now called MEPS. But uh, we went there, and I swore in, started to leave the room, and got told, you're not going anywhere except for Fort Bliss, Texas, buddy. <laughs> there's the bus. Yeah, there's <laughs> the bus. And, and I had to call my mom, and I had... Hey, hey, mom, I accidentally joined the army. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, bring me some, bring me uh, some, my razor in that. And, you know, and she met me at the bus station. We were getting ready to head out. Now, you're a, you're a Texas boy. Like, oh, you're, yeah. born you're like raised. born and bred and like, Damn. in like deep Texas. Like, yeah. Like cows, horses. Oh, yeah. The whole nine yeah. yards. You actually have some stories about how you spent your summers making your money was, yeah. Literally horses that were a little too rowdy, so Oh yeah, I grew up in a panhandle, you know. That's we uh we worked ranches and farms, my cousin and I when we were the kids, because that's the way we made money. Yeah. So I'm assuming that part of Texas, that was probably a pretty pro military family. Oh yes. It, like I'm oh. guessing your parents weren't like, Oh God, what have you done? Like this was probably like a I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> like go out there and do yeah. your country proud. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean it was very yeah, all the panhandles back then was very, very pro-military. I mean, it was even though there was a you know there was a lot of things against the war at that time around the country, but in panhandle, that, mm, no sir, ever you came off that airplane in uniform, they treated you like you were a good guy, you know. Wow, they really treated everybody pretty good. That's great. Yeah. So. So, and now you're a man of leisure. Absolutely, because you, because uh, <laughs> you, you uh, now, and that's that's how we met. We met because I have my hobby store, and you mm. you came in to do the hobby, and then we found out we were both cigar smokers. Yeah, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, speaking of which, I think we're both smoking the Hero Sport cigar. Absolutely. How's that one treating you? Oh, I like the sport. Yeah, yeah, just great. Mid bot, mid to full, you know, gives a good taste. Yeah, I like the sport. And then. Uh, and I like the five five six too. That's my go to. That's my that's my all the time cigar. And then we're drinking. You were telling me a story about these people because we're drinking this this four oaks whiskey that somebody gave me a bottle of. And uh you were telling me about you know something about the property that this is made on. Yeah. Uh their water that they used is actually filtered through limestone, just like in Kentucky and Tennessee. So the water content is the same as you're going to get for uh, Jack Daniels or Bean or Woodford Reserve. They're using all the same water up there. So this has the very same water content right through the limestone, just like theirs is. Even, it, it's, it's amazingly smooth. It is. So uh, my buddy Jimmy gave me this bottle, so I don't think Jimmy listens to the show, but I'm going to say it anyways. Jimmy, I really appreciate it, man. It's a great bottle. Um, he got it for me because Jimmy's another customer of mine, and in my bar, we only serve Texas-made craft beer. It's all we mm-hmm. carry. And so he bought this because it's it's says it right on the label. It's Texas-born and raised. It's So that was the whole reason that... Uh, it's got a good flavor. Good it picked, it's really good. Um, the scent on it and stuff is awesome too. The aroma off the, off the bottle is very, very good. So, uh, you were a man of many hobbies though. Oh yeah. 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 I, I can't stand the 
sit around and do nothing. Yeah, you're a man of many hobbies. So uh, primary amongst them, uh, you've been an avid. And then it's touchscreen. Yeah, careful. Uh, that lighter is that lighter's a death trap. Um, that damn touchscreen lighter. Yeah, they're uh, they're a little scary. Yeah, you got it. Like accidentally set that thing off all the time. You gotta have good trigger discipline with that thing. Uh, I'll leave that alone. But <laughs> but uh, you're an avid motorcycle rider. Uh, yes. Um, been on twos for a very long time. Because mm-hmm. uh, you were telling me like. Right after you came home, you got one, but you rode, you rode really young too, didn't you? Yeah, I rode, uh, well, I rode from, I was 13 to 18. And then shipped off. I'm sorry? And then you shipped off. Yeah, shipped off. And, uh. But you were telling me you got some when you got back. I got, yes. And then I made, I made, uh, kind of a, got married, you know. Got married. Made a copy. Yeah. And when you made the copy. She said, <laughs> I don't want you riding until all the kids are out of the house. Now, this is one of my favorite stories because I've, I've heard a lot of these stories. Uh, Steve and I spent a lot of time together just hanging out and sharing stories and stuff. So uh, you have a lovely family. I've met, I've met your kids and your grandkids and your wife and they're, they're all great people. But what happened the day your last one went off to college? Oh, she left on a weekend, and Sunday night, I called my good friend, Tracy Day, and I said, I need a ride to work tomorrow. And he, okay. So I told Linda, I said, well, okay, I'm riding with Tracy to work. Didn't say anything else. Went to the work with Tracy, and then at lunch, I told him, take me over to the Harley dealership and dropped me off because I was going to ride a bike home. And I what a used- baller move. <laughs> what a baller move. The kid was out of the house 48 hours. Oh, that's amazing. And Harley came home. The fact, did you, had you like scouted any of what they had in the inventory or anything? Nope. Oh, that makes it even cooler. The fact that he was like, they're going to have something. I'm taking it home. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's that was so my cool. mentality was I was riding something home. And I pulled up in the driveway, and she was livid. <laughs> and I, all I could say was, hey, a promise is a promise. It's, it's very done. true. You kept your word. Yeah. Kept your word. Yep. 100%. So when I they, put, were, they were all out of the house. Yep. Like, that was... They were. <laughs> they were gone. And uh, it's kind of funny because she's calling the kids, telling them what I'd done. And my oldest daughter was like, and... You didn't know this was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show that it like it never left his blood. That was just oh. like a, like, yeah, it's okay. I can wait. I can wait. And then as soon as he didn't need to wait anymore, it was just like, yep, don't need to wait. Yeah, That's there's awesome. a big difference in riding. Now. I, when I rode as a kid, I rode a lot because it was an affordable means of transportation. Sure. You know, and... I got hooked on it, but man, now you know when yeah, I go on a trip, I yeah. look, I'm yeah, that's it's, my love. Yeah, you know? it's a it's a different beast, and uh, and riding with you is a joy because it is so it, like you don't you're not trying to see how fast you can get anywhere. You're not trying to you're not trying to prove any like iron ass award or anything oh God, like no. that. Like it's just a like nope. 
you know, these are the stops I like to make. This is how often I stop. Like, this is when I like to have lunch. This is, I mean, like it's, it's a very relaxed, it's for you. It is very much about, it's about the ride. It's not yes, about it's where about you're riding ride, to. Who cares the destination? But yeah. You know, it's the ride and be comfortable and enjoy it. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been a pleasure to ride with you and, and well, I enjoy having you around too. Man. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. I have a question for you, Mr. Dixon. Mm-hmm. What's one of the best rides you've had, or to broaden it up a little bit, like what's one of the the nicest states that you've driven through on your bike, and you're like, oh, I'd absolutely do this ride again. I've never uh, asked you that. My good, very good friend Ken Kaiser and I, we rode from here around Lake Michigan and back. Wow, how long was that ride? Twenty two days. Woo! And loved that was. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, it was a ride that most people would plan it. We didn't. We'd take off and sit. One of us get tired. Then, hey, let's pull over to the hotel. Okay. Or, unfortunately, every time we were in Wisconsin, every billboard that said, best cheese curd in Wisconsin, Ken pulled over. <laughs> it took us two days to get through Wisconsin. So you were, oh, you had your full cheese of, curds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I, God, I never ate so much stuff in my life as I ate cheese curds. <laughs> he loved them. Weren't you saying the people up there were awesome though? Oh, they were. Wisconsin was unbelievable. I could not believe how the people in Wisconsin treated us because we were riding together. There's just two of us, but everybody, made dang sure that we had plenty of room. No one ever crowded us, and we were taking back roads, you know, that type of thing. And every time we'd, like, we'd come to a four-way stop, people would wave us through till you know, we'd all go ahead. And uh, just very, very courteous. You know, I just couldn't believe how nice those people in Wisconsin were. All so, 12 of them. Yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> there's like nobody in Wisconsin. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah, there's. Yeah, they were. Which you know what? Good, but that was I, a great ride. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. Yeah. Well, not for situations like that. Oh, absolutely not. Twenty-two days, though. Oh yeah. How long were the days like of like actual seat time? Well, it varied. Like some days we did, you know, three, four hundred miles, which would be an eight-hour day, and some days we did four hours. No. It's a cheese curds. There was there was no set. <laughs> the only thing we had to do was we had to be in Chicago on a certain date because uh, my friend Ken's from Chicago, and his sister had bought us tickets for the Cubs game at Wrigley Field. Oh, that's on my bucket list. My uh, my wife's family they're all big Cubs fans. Oh yeah. So I I don't say anything because I'm an Astros fan, but. I, I, I still want to go. There was something I didn't like about them. You know what? Nobody's perfect, but <laughs> I knew there was something. Nobody's I didn't like perfect. About them. Now I'll, I couldn't put my finger on it at the wedding. But she's was, she's an Astros fan, so I'm like, all right. But that is definitely on my. I want to go to Wrigley Field. Are, she, oh, are you sure she's not just a sleeper? So you know what? She tells me what I want to hear, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wrigley Field and Wrigley Stadium is. I mean, that's one. If you like baseball, I mean, you got to go see it. Well, it's like I don't. I don't care about the Red Sox at all, but I have, I have stood on that ballpark 
I've been in that stadium. I've stood on that ballpark. I have touched the green monster. Like yeah. I have, I'm a baseball fan. That is a piece of history. Absolutely. Like that is, that is that. So I actually, I had lunch with a friend of mine today and, uh, uh, we're the same age. We're separated by like 60 days. Um, but we're the same age. And so next year we turn 40. And so we had lunch today and he was like, Hey, what are we doing for our 40th? Like, are we going to do, like, are we going to do anything with our 40th birthday? And we're both baseball fans and he's a huge baseball fan, like massive, massive baseball. Like he plays on an adult sandlot wooden stick baseball league. Like, Big baseball guy. Yeah, like, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It, it, I didn't know until after they'd held tryouts because I was like, I totally would have. Oh, I'd, I'd be all over that. I wouldn't have made it, me? but I'd have yeah. tried out. Like, <laughs> and um, I don't know. Jim's on the team. I might have made it. <laughs> so love you, Jim. Um, but we were talking about like, what do we want to do? And he's like, I don't want to do Vegas. I don't want to do like anything like that. Well, so he owns a brewery. And uh, when he was studying everything to become this brewmaster, he had gone and spent some time in Sweden. Uh, and so he still got friends over there. And he was like, do you want to go to Sweden? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I'd go to Sweden, but I don't know if like, that's what I want to do is like a 40th birthday thing. Like it'd be cool to go to Sweden, but that seems like more of like, and I was like, and a, if you and I just for our birthday, the two of us just leave and go to Sweden, and leave the wives here, we're getting divorced. Like that's <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not going to work. <laughs> like, I was like, if we're going to do something, we have to make a decision. We either a need to figure out, like if we're going to throw some huge birthday party for the, like for the both of us turning 40 and we just invite everybody and we just have this massive party and that's what makes the story. Or we would have to go on some sort of like weird buddy comedy trip together to go do something, but it would have to be something that our wives don't give a shit about that we went and did. And so I made a suggestion that we should go see uh, the last big five stadiums and do like a couple day trip, tran plan the schedule. And so what we do is fly to New York. So we'd see the Yankees, we'd see the Mets, we'd leave and go to Boston, we'd see the Sox, we'd leave and go to Chicago, and then we'd see the Cubs and the Sox, and then we'd come home. So we would do that'd be a sick trip, right? And I'm Even like, I, I think strongly we strongly dislike the White Sox. That's still a sick trip, right? But it's like, but it's not about the teams. It's just about seeing. It's, it's about being it's about there. watching baseball yes. in those stadiums, absolutely in history. Yeah, absolutely. because there's so many stadiums now they're gone. Yeah. Like there's very few. Like Wrigley's still around, yeah. Fenway's still around, the Mets are still there. Like those stadiums are still there. Cause yeah. he was like, well, Baltimore's on the line. I was like, nobody gives a shit about Baltimore. The Orioles stadium, who cares? Yeah, no. But I'm like, like but the other ones are named. Mariner Stadium. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Why don't we go to Tampa Bay while we're at it? Like, yeah. Nobody <laughs> cares. Like, yeah. and uh, it's so, but I was like, That'd be kind of a cool trip. And our wives aren't going to care. They're not going to give a shit that we wanted to go see these historic baseball stadiums and yeah. watch baseball games. But I'm like, but a five or six day trip, see five baseball games and just eat hot dogs and drink beer and oh. go to these historic stadiums or whatever. I was like, I could do that for my 40th. Like, that'd be a cool trip. It also is like, it's one of those events where like going to the game is going to take up damn near your whole day. But it's still enough to like, there's like one or two things we want to go check out. We hit those during, before right. the game. So it's nice one of those meal. like, like it's so like the perfect filler. Like most of the time, the games in New York, they don't play on the same day because they're, the stadiums are close to each other. So like you'll have like a Thursday night and a Friday night or a Friday and Saturday. Like they'll, they stagger the days. 
But it's exactly that. Like we could see, like you could see the Mets on a Friday and then Friday night, like we could go check out Times Square and we could go like see all that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, go to the hotel and then Saturday we could like go see the Yankees and then, you know, hell catch a flight that night that flies out and like goes to Boston, you know, land, hit a bar, get up the next day, see the Sox play. That would be a good trip. And then, and I'm like, that'd be a cool way to do the 40th. Maybe we'd be gone three, four days, five max, see the five, the, the last big historical stadiums and yeah. And hopefully you can time it to where you can watch those teams play a team. I give a, a shit team. About. You, yeah, yeah you yeah. actually like so a like, Texas. Team well, because, well, like he's from San Francisco. Well, he's not from San Francisco. He's from San Bernardino, but, uh, but he's a big giants fan. Yeah. And I'm like, it'd be dope. But like if we could see all that kind of stuff. Cause he was like, he was like, do you want to go to Houston? I was like, no, <laughs> like that's like, something you live off, here. That's not this, a big thing. But <laughs> I started watching the Strohs play in the dome. Yeah. So I don't think I ever, I think my first Astros game was at Minute Maid. Yeah. So I started watching the Strohs play in the dome. So like I saw them play in their home before it got turned into a church. But like, so I've been, I've, I've been in that one and I've been like, I have stood on Fenway. I have sat in the seats at Fenway. I have touched the monster. I've never seen a game played there. Mm. So that was a whole weird experience. It was like, as a baseball fan, it was like, so it's I am weird. in one of the most historical baseball stadiums of all time. And there's no baseball. And there's no baseball played. being played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird experience, yeah. but cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, like, so we were talking about that, but there's like pieces of history like that, that it's like, if I'm going to go do something for my 40th, I want it to be something like that. That's really unique and really like that actually has a cool story behind it instead of just like, oh, I went to this place and I'm like, yeah, you got to do something interesting. Something you're going to remember. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Sweden. I'm sure it's cool, but I'm sure the people are really nice. But. That's that's also like, it's it's a blast, but it's not like, no, we went like on a three-day bender. Like it was like, no, it was packed. Like we were hopping and popping the whole time, right. but it also wasn't like stupid crazy. And that's the other thing is like, neither one of us really drink to get hammered. Like neither one of us, like we don't want to do this 40th where it's like, it's going to be our last boys night because now we're 40. And it's like, mm. how about like we're turning 40? And it's supposed to be this milestone. Like, let's go do something that we've always wanted to do. Like, we've we've both always wanted to see games played in these stadiums. Like, let's go see games played in these stadiums. Speaking of which, do you watch baseball at all? Are you a baseball fan at all? Yeah, I'm a Cubs fan. Oh, God damn. We were really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like I said, so, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Anyway, well, then you'll appreciate this. Did you see De La Cruz yesterday? Dude, that guy, <laughs> I'm not looking Did you see this? Him. Do you no. know what I'm talking about? Do you know who De La Cruz is? Yeah. For the Cincinnati Reds? Mm-hmm. So this dude, oh my God. You know what play I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. It was what, six forced errors, I think? I think something like that. Six forced, he's, so he's, this dude stole second base. So he steals second. They throw uh, error on the catcher because he didn't clear it. And bounces it into second base. So second base has to step away. So he steps away, gives De La Cruz the gap to catch the bag. Safe. He throws it back to uh, the pitcher. The pitcher's sitting there doing the whole like, man, I'm super upset about this steal. And while he's like, he's got the ball in his glove. And while he's got the glove folded and is like fucking with his hat, trying to get his composure from the steal, De La Cruz steals third. They don't even try to throw him out. 
He just steals third. And they're sitting there and the pitcher, the pitcher then looks at the catcher and is like doing this whole like, the fuck? Well, when he steals third, he runs through it like it's first base. So this dude's like, what, 15 feet off the bag? I don't know if it was all in one play. I know it was one at bat. Like the guy that came up after him. No, this is all on, one big thing. I watched it uncut. Oh, this I all one I big thing. The whole video. So they don't throw it to third. So, and he's sitting there looking at the catcher and like they're discussing. Well, he when he steals third, he like runs through third. Like he was running through first. So he's like 15 feet off the bag. Yeah. And he like takes his, his batting helmet off and like fixes his hair and they're talking to each other and he realizes that the pitcher has his back to him. Oh no. So he goes for it and no. he goes and he freaking steals home. Oh, and it wasn't oh. even close. Like yeah. he's, and he like, catcher he slides into home and d- catcher didn't catch the ball. It was like six errors, three stolen bases like yeah, all in one play. I was like, yeah, that dude is, that dude is so dangerous on the base paths. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like it's it, it, like, the it, reds. I hope he's going to stick around for a while. Oh my mm-hmm. God. It was hilarious to watch. I think he's a rookie too, right? I, this is either year one or year two. He's like, he's super young. Which you know that when, when like the bases got bigger and stuff, he was like, oh, come to pop up. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. is perfect. Timing. And of course, you know, when you watch one of your players steal three, ba- three bases in a row, it, including home, like who steals home? Yeah. Like what, what the fuck? Actually, I want to say that's the and, uh, second or third time this this season that home has been stolen because of the new baseball rules. Yeah, but like, like who steals home? And this yeah. dude stole three bases. So and the the bench lost their shit. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean like it was beyond a home run celebration, beyond anything because it's so rare. Yeah, like him no. cranking one to right field. Okay, yeah, sure, but stealing three bags, including home. All yeah. underneath one batter. All, oh all underneath one batter was yeah. wild. You know that it's, pitcher just had to be like, uh, oh my just, God. He had yeah. to get drilled afterwards that were like, uh, how were so. you not watching him? Yeah, because like, that's that's like little league shit. Like as, as someone who's actually coached a little league team, if their catcher and pitcher aren't paying attention, no. I will not hesitate to send my runner to second base because yeah. I'm like, it's, an, it's a free base. And so th- these dudes are getting paid millions of dollars to play this game. And he's just like, I'm back in Little League, baby. Like, let's let's run these bases. And all that really comes down to is the dude just has the balls to go for it. Oh, 100%, yeah. And he's just like, whatever, be better. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, that was the big thing, because I grew up playing, I played baseball, um, but then I got into soccer. And our big thing with that was like, even on like defense, was do not try to take it from them. Just be in their way long enough that they make a mistake. And that's all De La Cruz is doing is he's like, yeah. I'm going to just press this so hard that mm-hmm. you have to not make mistakes. Oh, yeah. It's the the classic make them make a play. Yeah. yeah. Like it, make them play yeah. good. Baseball. I have to run in a straight line. Yeah. You're the ones that have to do all the complicated shit. Exactly. So, yeah. Like don't fuck it up or I'm going to take my base. And it's in that man. I'm, I'm excited. The to, man took them all. I'm like, I'm excited to see them play the Cardinals. And see see that dynamic between De La Cruz and oh, uh, that's going to be good. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. He wears Jordan. He's the only player that, that, that wears, wears Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Everybody knows who I'm talking. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, he's also one that will challenge. Like he's he's literally been behind the plate and will tell the runner like, "Go ahead, take it, make a run for it." Yeah. Like, may, I'll I'll work for. Have it. Have you ever seen that video of when he first showed up in the Jays? Because uh-uh. those Jays are custom made. They those are, cleats yeah. are custom. So he well, his gear is Jordan too. But they mic'd him up when he first oh, really? walked out with that stuff. And everybody in the dugout was like, 
And where'd you get them shoes? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, That's been a big thing this uh, this season and last season. Nike released the Jordan 1s at cleats. Yeah. And a whole bunch of dudes have been wearing them. And they look so good. Well, they just look like... They do. They look like Air Jordans. Yes. But... They look so good. Like you how talked I, about the new rules. You like the new rule set? I... I personally am. I like. I do too. I like the new rules. I've, I've been watching it a little bit on TV. On so on TV with all the editing and the cutaways and and the commercials and the da 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 da. You don't see as much of the impact of the rules because they're cutting away from a lot of it. So I was really on the fence about how I felt about the new baseball rules until we went to that missions game. So we went and saw the San Antonio Missions, which is a feeder team because they're AAA. So they're playing with full MLB rules mm-hmm. on in that in that field. And so but seeing it with no breaks, like there was no oh, yeah. like just seeing everything in action where it wasn't okay, the pitcher pl- clock's going but they're trying to get signs done so now the announcer is going to do this big ad read and we're going to show a fly before we go back to like yeah. all that's gone and you just had to like pay attention to what was going on and I was mm-hmm. like I actually really like this like you don't have as much of this like the there's not all these mind games going on with the batter doing the whole like and then stepping out yeah. and stepping in I like all of that shit's gone it's absolutely. like fucking play yeah, it, like i like get I in like, the box yes yeah and let's go it's you versus him and let's mm-hmm. figure this out like and what was funny is a lot of people were talking about how like this is going to end up in more injuries for pitchers and stuff pitchers have widely accepted it and it's also i and from what i've seen it has been 50 50 Pitchers running the pitch clock and batters running the pitch clock because both of them have yeah. to be ready to go by that eight second mark. But I love how much how it's changed the strategy. Yes. But the strategy has to be more tactical now. Yes. You don't get to do this whole. You don't have seven and eight minute at bats. Yes. Like it's just wild. And they got rid like, of the shift. I'm a big fan of that. I I am I. If you look at just scores nowadays, because you can't run half your infield on one side of the park, like. Yep. Dudes, dudes that typically were hitting into the shift because they were that consistent now are, are getting hits. It's more exciting. You got to make more plays. Yeah. I love, I actually, I'm a big fan of the bag change. Me too. Um, I like stolen you, bases. But I like the bag size change because a lot of these players, especially 1B and 2B, these guys are fucking massive. I mean, you have these first basemen oh, that are yeah. 6'3", 230, and yes. it's like... And run like the wind. But they're on the bag and it's like, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. It like, it, it's just a brick wall waiting for you at the end. And yeah. it's like, you know, especially these second basemen. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like, oh, so you put a tank in the way. Yeah. Like that's, it's, but now they can't crowd that bag. So mm-hmm. it's, well, it's, I, I think I enjoy the battle of the, for the pitcher. Cause you yeah. see a lot of pitchers that are struggling mm-hmm. because they can't do all of their, pre-wind oh yeah uh, yeah it's not this it's not this whole like i threw one pitch so now i need a minute and a half to cool back down right let me really cock no yeah no it's It's, throw the damn ball yeah yeah like guys guys can't do the whole like let me let me get my rosin write my sweat do my whole jig get on the mound nope i don't like this let me do the let me do the soft throw to second let me do the it's like it's it's definitely in my opinion made the game more enjoyable but at the same time i understand the people that don't like it like i can i can see both sides of it because because from what i've been saying is the old rules it got 
so into the weeds. Like people were like, let's like, we know this guy hits between second and third, 85% of the time he's at bat. So why wouldn't you stack more? Like it, it makes sense, but it's, it's like, it's like you got too efficient. Like yeah, I want to see balls hitting the you, gap and you everything. You outgamed like, the game. Yes. And yeah. so, and that's when you yes. saw like the super deep shorts. Yeah. And so you had short stops that were in the grass. Yeah. And, and it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. It, like, or you'd see the triangle. You'd see yep. you'd see second base come over to shortstop, and then you'd have that like middle outfielder from well, shortstop short, like, became yeah. this like yeah. short left field. Yeah. And then and then center was shifting, yeah. and right was covering you know, no man's land because nobody was putting it out there. And it was just like, in, I don't, I don't know if I've just been paying attention to baseball more this year, but in my opinion, I've seen better plays this year. Like the highlights and everything are better because it's not as easy. Do you know what I've noticed is, um, there, if you notice the number of the, the different, the number of different jerseys we're seeing in the highlight reels now. That's also true. The, I'm seeing more and more teams yes. that are making highlight reels. Yes. Be, it's not the same five or six dudes yeah. that are performing. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, good. Yeah. It, like, like it's spread across I, the whole I, league. I really think the game's faster. Yep. Yeah. The plays are more spread out. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can't ship people around, yeah. you know, so the, the game gets spread out. I like. Well, and all the stadiums look fuller because the game's more exciting. So unless you're in Oakland, sh- unless you're Oakland, <laughs> we're just going like sell it. Dude, fuck, sell it. Shout out hey, to hey, Oakland for just. Yeah. The, did Mr. Dixon? Did you see their reverse boycott? Oh yeah, they sold that the stadium out. Awesome, mm-hmm. and they won the game too. And they still were like, "This still sucks." <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, still don't like it. Yeah, like we won. And, and we filled this thing out. That's all against the owners. Still, oh, like, absolutely. They just, it's yeah. not the team. They yeah. don't dislike the team. No. They don't like the owner. They just, and I'm, what's funny is you, there is not a single player I've heard come out in defense of like, well, which y'all don't see behind the scenes. Like no. all of them are just like, I have no comment. Yep. I have no mm-hmm. comment. I have no comment. And I'm like, Ooh, that's yeah, not good. Send them to Vegas though. Fucking why not? What's with all these pro teams going to Vegas? Just money. Vegas money has made. money. Yeah. It's weird though. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But Vegas is, but they have no population. That's the no, wild thing. But Vegas uh, I guess, had oh, a big downturn in their tourist. Yeah. I uh, guess I guess that's an argument, right? Because it's like, well, now I'm in Vegas. And it's like, well, we can go see a show. Or do you want to go see a game? Or yeah. do you want to, like, I think that's I guess what I it is. See that. It's going to be. You know, it's like yeah. most Raiders tickets now are going to be bought the like, day of the game. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be at gate tickets. Right. And, at gate tickets. Or, that's what they want for the Or you're going to have, or you're going to have packages. It's going to be, yeah. oh, yeah. well, I got to stay you at the Venetian. And so it, yes. I've got three nights at the Venetian and I got my Raiders tickets and I'm going to see this show and I've got a thousand dollars for the credit at the floor. And I bet the yeah. city's also hoping that it's like, like me as an Astros fan and I've never been to Vegas. I'm looking at it like, oh, I'll, we'll go to Vegas, do a couple days in Vegas and then catch an Astros Vegas game. Like it's, it's people, they're going to, it's more of a reason to go there. Yeah. If you can go to Vegas and see your team play. Yeah. And I think that's why Vegas is putting more and more money into it, trying yeah. to get the pro team. I guess the thing that bugs me is like, I've been to Vegas probably way too much. I, and I don't go to Vegas because of, I always went for work. Like I've never gone to Vegas just to go to Vegas. And I'm not a big fan of the town. Like it's, well, I, I've been there quite a few times on business. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not a big fan. 
Mm. And, and, and it's definitely a two-day town, and I've always been there way longer than two days. And so it's just like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, this is awful. But I don't know. Stuff like baseball, right? Yeah. I love baseball, and I'm not a big kids person. Mm-hmm. But baseball, baseball's for everybody. Yeah. Like, baseball is supposed to be, you know, you've got a two-year-old out there in his full outfit and his little glove because he's trying to catch a ball. And yeah. Like, and you've got, you know, the guys that have been like, this has been my team for 50 years and, mm-hmm. and I'm here seeing this game. Like, that's baseball. Like, to me, that's that's baseball. Yeah. It's It's, you have whole families that show up. You've got three and four generations of a family that have all been a fan of that team. Like, it's supposed to be for everybody. And I, I just can't equate that American family pastime with Las Vegas. <laughs> like, I just, I just can't do it. And I'm just like, it would Fair. bug me to walk into a stadium and be like, hey, can I get a hot dog? And I guess I'll throw 20 in the slot machine. Because you know they're going to do it. You <laughs> they, know there's going to be machines in the stadium. Like, although, if you, like, I'm not a huge gambler, but if I could hit slots and then, like, watch a game, like, I could see if someone had both of those, they'd be like, this is heaven. Like, Right, but that's what that's what all the sports books and stuff are inside the casino. Yeah. So, like, if you go, and I know you've never been, I've but, never like, been. you've been. So, you oh, know yeah. Caesars. Yeah. Caesars has that, like, so you go through the main gambling floor, and when you loop around to get to the back, there's that sports bar. I guess that's what we'll call it. It's, it's the size of the convention center, yeah. and it's, it's literally – what do you think it is? hundred meters across? Yeah, easy. Easy. Of screens. Of screens. Yeah. And then it's just one like bar set up after another with a little computer in front of it. And you go and you swipe your credit card and they've got anything and everything that is currently going on sports wise on the screens. Every baseball game, tennis match, boxing match, MMA fight, horse it's, race. It's unbelievable. If you can name it as a sport, it is on the screens and you can bet on it. And Pickleball. So, yeah, all of it. All of it. And so you go and you sit at this little terminal and there's a bar there and they will just keep bringing you booze. And and if you keep swiping your card, they don't charge you for the booze because you're Uh, just, you're just, you're paying for it. Oh, you're paying for that booze. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, so yes, you are correct. There are the people that are sports fans, but are also gambling addicts and that's what they do. And it's mind boggling. Like I've never gone, like I I learned how the whole system works. I've never sat there and done it. But I've stood there and watched it and just been like, holy shit. And then if you want to place a custom bet, there's a window where you can go and you can do something like, well, Steve and I disagree on how many bases De La Cruz is going to steal in the next game. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to steal four. Steve thinks he's going to take six. And they will literally go figure the odds and give you odds and you can place a bet on that turnout. What? With yeah. the casino and they will pay out. Mm-hmm. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, there was a and dude. That, and that, they will do that for anything. Any, anything. Anything. Does wow. not matter. There was a guy that I know during the Masters, he placed a bet the day of the last day of the Masters as to whether or not the guy that won the Masters was going to cry after he won. And he had like a $5,000 bet on whether or not this guy was going to cry. And he had placed it in Vegas. He had called and gotten them to do the bet and put odds against it. And da, 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 da. And, uh, and then he went on TikTok live from his house and was showing whether or not he won. And he lost. The guy did not cry. Oh. And so, well, the, do you, did he tell you the odds or what he was going to get paid out? I think it was something. It wasn't huge because it's such a major sporting event and yeah. it's a solo. Yeah. 
So I, but I think it was something like four to one or something like that. So he would have cleared like 20 G's, but did not work. <laughs> Yikes. I got a friend that does custom bets all the time up there on how long a player is going to be with the team. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's like, oh, I think so and so is going to be with that team for four years and then they'll get rid of him. And he makes a bet, they calculate the odds, they take his money. And, and he yep. finds out if he wins or not in four years. Yeah. That's crazy. I even have a friend that goes up there and bets on future. Super Bowls. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Oh. He places custom bets. Who he thinks for the next four or five years. Yeah. And he puts a bet on. And the they'll team. do it for anybody. It's not like yeah. you need like uh, gobs of money to yeah. get their attention. Like oh, it's they'll, they'll take what a two dollar bet, a yeah. four dollar bet. Now I don't know if they'll do a custom. Yeah. On like low amounts, but yeah. like if we went up with literally what I just said, and we were each willing to put five hundred bucks against the bet to see who like how many bases De La Cruz is going to steal in his next game. Yeah. They'll do it, and they'll calculate the odds and tell us what it's going to be, and they'll that's, pay out. That's cool. Although I'm not going to because the chances are that we're both going to miss. Yeah. So they just keep our thousand dollars. Yes. Going to that place with all the screens, though, like even not betting, it's I can cool. see. Yeah, it's cool to see because I'm one of those. I'm not like I'm not like I have to watch every single game of my team or anything. But I also I I, I forget I was at some bar a couple weeks ago, uh, and they had hockey on. And I'm not a hockey fan whatsoever, but I caught myself like watching it. And like, I saw like, I can, I can watch any sport and enjoy it, but going to a place like that where you can be like baseball, horse racing, golf, like anything, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I can kill some time here. Oh yeah. Oh, you can definitely kill some time. Yeah. And then of course it's nice to take a break and they have a fantastic cigar bar that you can go and have great coffee. Ooh. And yeah. then go back. Um, I've told you about them. Yeah. Oh, you have. You have. Yeah, yes. that's Casa Fuente. Yeah. And it's in the shops underneath Caesars. Yeah. So Caesars is connected to the the Caesar Forum, whatever. The Forum. That's what forum, it's called. Yeah. And it's it's what it is is it's a massive shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way to describe it. It's a shopping right. mall. Yeah. yeah, it is. But it's massive. every it's every brand you've ever heard of. Yeah. Like for instance, there is a Leica camera store. There. I've seen videos and on that. And all place. that's in there is Leica cameras. Oh. Like, uh, I think the world's world's largest Nike store is in there. Like, it's, it, yeah, every watch company has their own store. Like, every everything. But in a corner, so these escalators come down, and in the corner underneath the escalator, there is Casa Fuente. And they have been there forever. Ever. It, like, and uh, it's... One of the best mojitos I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, their Cuban coffee is absolutely stellar. There's a dude that works there that wears more gold mm-hmm. <laughs> than you can possibly imagine. I mean, like every finger has a ring. Every yeah. wow. multiple and He's fingers. been there forever. He's been there like since they opened. Yeah. And that dude, if he's working and you're working, he offers to cut your cigar. Mm-hmm. You fucking let him cut your cigar because it's a show. Really? Oh, it's this whole like pops it out, makes sure he gets it, spins his cutter around. Perfect thing. Takes a match, strikes him. Toasts it, hands it to you, and you go to reach for it. He brushes your hands away, yeah. and he'll rotate it while you're puffing and toast your cigar and give it. To, it's like a whole thing. That's yeah. sick. It's, it's awesome. Art, and he's got it. Yeah, he, Casa Fuente is legit. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I would go for the show all the time, yeah. uh, yeah. I would yeah. literally I would get off the plane, get in my cab, go to my hotel, check in, drop my shit, and literally just immediately went to Casa Fuente. That was it's always first stop. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Always first up. Yeah. They have the best pressed coffee. 
Oh God. And then their mojitos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all fresh mint. They make all of their own syrups, all their own everything. Like it's, it's, they're it, just phenomenally good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to sit there, have a cigar and watch all the shoppers. Yeah. yeah. You it's know, also up down that, escalators. That is one of my favorite pastimes. Oh, People yeah. watching. Mm-hmm. Oh, could but do, what's great is it, it has day. a, there's no, uh, there's no other really way to phrase it. It has a patio, but it's not outside. So there is a door to Casa Fuente. Yeah. And it's a glass door that goes in with a glass front and there's the bar and, and it's not huge. Mm-hmm. Like the retail sector's a little bit bigger than this room. Yeah. And then there's a walk-in humidor attached to it. And, uh, but there's a patio attached to it. That's, I don't know, about the half the size of this parking lot. And there's just like a, like a rail around it. And it's just out in the, on the floor of the the forum. In the middle of the floor. It'd be like going to North Star Mall here and you just set up patio railing in the middle of the walkway. And that's the patio. And you can smoke on it? Yep. Mm -hmm. And they will bring you drinks out there and bring you more cigars and the whole nine yards. And you just sit out there and it's right below the escalator and you can just sit out there and have your drink and smoke cigars. and just Nobody should complain. Yeah. I was there one time. Oh, God. Yeah, and don't this say lady it. come off and she started screaming, oh, my God, you nasty people and everything. Before she could turn around, there was four security guards picked her up and escorted her right out of the building. Out of boys. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. That place is legit. And you never know who you're going to run into there either. Oh, no yeah. kidding. No I mean, kidding. I've run into multiple celebrities there. Yeah. I've run into multiple cigar celebrities there. Mm-hmm. I've run into people there that I hadn't seen in like 10 years. And I walked in there and it was like, hey. And somehow the bartenders, if you go, if you've been enough times, I will only go every couple of years. And I'll walk in there and they're like, hey, welcome back. Get you yeah. another mojito? And it's like, how the fuck? There's... I used Hundreds to go of thousands once, of people once go a through. year for a conference, uh-huh. week long conference, and every time I'd walk back in that cigar bar, they go, "Hey, how we doing, man? Got you covered. Here's what you like." They knew what cigar I liked. They knew I liked my coffee, and they knew That's exactly insane. where I wanted to sit. And they also have a bunch of exclusives. Yeah, there's cigars I, that you can only oh, get yeah. from there's that. Some from oh, that. really? Yeah, yeah. And they're and it's Casa Fuente. Yeah. So it's 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 Arturo Fuente. Mm-hmm. Um, they have cigars and that are, they're made specifically for that place from everything that comes out of the Fuente house. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's custom Fuentes. Um, there's, there's custom Julius Caesars. Like there's yeah. it, like, there's an Opus X that you can only get there. Yeah. Like, and That's they have God a of fire. You can all the custom God of fires. Yeah. Um, and then they have all of the rare Opus X's, all the ones that you've ever like heard of that just like, man, I'd love to get one of those. They just have them sitting on the shelf. They get priority on all that stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, it's, it's run by a chick. It's family. I don't know if it's family. It's not it's family owned or something. I don't believe it's owned by the, f- if I, if I'm not mistaken, it's not owned by the Fuentes. Mm-hmm. It's a deal that got cut with the Fuentes. Like, 30 years ago or whenever they built the forum and they had this idea to put it in and uh, cause it's run by a chick. It's a female that runs it. Uh, and she's super nice, but she knows her shit and she does not fuck around. <laughs> like that is not <laughs> all what you want to mess with. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, no, don't go in there and act a fool. Cause you're gone. Oh yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. You, it, that is a gentleman's bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go in and you're anything other than that, you're, you're gone. Had a few too many. You're gone. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be, that makes so much sense. Raise though. your voice. You're gone. Yeah. Mm. Heaven help you if you mistreat that staff. Yeah. Uh, it, 
it's gonna go real sideways. I feel like more places mm-hmm. should be that way. Because sure. you ever seen those videos where like some customers acting like an asshole and they're like, I want to talk to the manager. The manager comes out and is like, I'm so sorry about our employee. And it's like, no, 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 no. Your employee was fine. Mm-hmm. This person just being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm that way. Yeah. I had a guy that came in that, uh, we have a giant orange sign in front of my door and it is orange and it is in front of both signs. It says no outside food or drink. Right. And this guy came walking in with an outside drink. And my manager was like, Hey man, sorry, but we can't do outside food or drink. Well, why? Well, one, we have a health, we have a health inspection. Mm. So we don't allow outside food and drink. And two, it's also just store policy. No outside food or drink. Well, that's not how this works. And da, 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 da. he ran his mouth to my manager. And my manager stood his ground. He got Your right, manager's a cool dude. Yeah. And yeah he got yeah. right back in with this guy. <laughs> and then I got a call. And he's like, I shouldn't have gotten out there. So I was like, you did nothing wrong. And uh, and I know the group that this guy's affiliated with. And I already got a hold of the group. And I was like, you can go ahead and tell him he is no longer welcome in my place. Yeah. Like he's done. He, See, you're not going to come in and abuse my staff. Yeah. No. And that's what that's what blows me away is when when owners have an incident like that with their manager and they cater to the person that was being an asshole. And it's like, why would you want Absolutely. that person I, coming back to your store? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, like you, you did the right thing. Cause him being an asshole, he's not coming back. Like you set the precedent and shout out to your manager. Uh, if you go to battle pub games, at rolling Oak small ask for pony boy. Yeah. He's the man. He's a fucking G. Yeah. He's a uh, good dude. But yeah, that, that, that always has blown me away when they just, it's, it's, too much of those people that hear, uh, what is it? The customer's always right. It's like, no, no, customer, no. no. The customer is always the customer. Customer is always the customer. And that doesn't mean that you're not a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and my thing is, is that like, well, I'm going to go complain. Go ahead. Yeah. You're one of the tens of thousands I've cycled through this store. Yeah. And I'm a year old yeah. and I know exactly how many transactions we've conducted. Yeah. You make zero impact. Yeah. You're good to go. You're, mm. you're gone. Yeah. And having somebody like you in my store runs off more people mm-hmm. than that you don't want to, you can imagine like yeah. you're poison. Yes. So get the fuck out. Yeah. That's like so. uh, what we were talking about uh, last week. People just need to be cool. <laughs> like yeah. so, some people just are trying to do a little too much, take things a little too seriously. And it's like, just, just be cool, man. I just saw, cool. I saw a video the other day and it was one of these, um, there's like this big thing now. You're not super active on like social medias and stuff like that. No, you, no. you know the internet, but you do more like structure and server stuff. And right. you're not big on like the, but anyway. So there's this big trend in content creation right now with these weird, like on the street interview things. Oh yeah. And so what they're doing is they're setting up a camera and then they will hold their phone like this where the mic is. And they'll just like turn the voice memo on. And they'll talk into the bottom of it and then they'll hold it like this. And they're doing these like street interviews. Okay. Like it's an old late night show. And they're doing these like street interviews and they'll just find random people and like ask them questions. And they try to hit them with questions that's going to throw them off so that you get these awkward moments with this dude. So there's this big dude. He's like 6'1", six 6'2", six doing this thing, right? And he asks this dude and he goes to ask a question and this guy, and they're in a mall. Like in a shopping mall trying to do this. It's always a very highly populated public area. Very, very populated. Mm. And so they're in a shopping mall and somebody walks between the camera and this interview dude and the guy that are interviewing. 
And uh, the guy doing the interview goes like, you're just going to walk right between my stuff like nobody's paying attention. And the interviewee goes like, oh, you can't have that kind of mindset. Everybody's life is as busy as your life is. So everybody's trying to handle their own thing. So yeah, maybe he's not paying as much attention as what's around him because his attention is on his world and everything he's dealing with. And everything he's dealing with is the same level of stuff that you're dealing with. So while this seems important to you, it's not part of his world. So what we all need to do a little bit better is be introspective and understand what we're doing. And yeah, maybe we should look without a little bit more. But for the most part, all we're trying to do is all get by. And this dude goes like, man, that was really deep. And he was like, deep or not deep, but unless you look deep, there's nothing to explore. If you st only stay on the surface, you'll never find anything that's actually worth exploring. So maybe just look a little deeper before you assume that somebody else is doing it out of malice. Most people are doing it out of ignorance, not malice. And huh. his point is, Holy just because he's, he, he doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah, no. He's not doing it out of malice. Yeah. He's just not aware yeah. of what you're doing. He's like, don't assume malice when you can just assume they're unaware. Yes. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. And then and when it's he was, he was so like, true nowadays. Everybody thinks everybody's out to fucking stomp on whatever they hold passion. It's like, no, like some, some people just have different opinions. And even nowadays, that's not them fucking smacking you in the face. It's just that's no. my way with all of this, man, is it's like, well, I feel this way about it. Cool. What does that have to do with me? Yeah. Fucking it, like it's a lot of this stuff, man. I feel like now you and I talked about this a couple days ago, actually. Um, Friday when we got together. Yeah. We were talking about how, well, I don't agree with this type of marriage or I don't agree with this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, does somebody doing that have any impact on you at all? It, like at all. It's, does that type of marriage invalidate yours? No. It, like does, does who they pray to kiss, marry, whatever. Does, is any of that impacting your world? No. Does it have anything to do with you? At all. Or is it just a, you're going to assume malice instead of just going like, hey, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. who cares? Like. There's just uh, so many other things. It's not my world. It's not my world. <laughs> yeah. Like, my entire qualifier on almost everybody I meet is don't be a dick. Yeah. It, like, are you a decent human? then you're all right by me. Like, I, I have no other qualifier. Well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have no other qualifiers. Yeah. Just be a decent human. I don't. Yeah. There's just, there's just so many things I care way more about than what other people are doing. I think, I think it's literally just, I just, I just don't care. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, whatever. No. In, insert thing you're passionate about yeah. okay that's not your whole personality why don't you show me like yeah. who you are mm -hmm. and if you're not awful i'm willing to be your friend we can have different opinions we can believe in different things we can love different people we can do whatever just are you not awful it, like that's all that's yeah. all i want to know like and i'm good it, like mm -hmm. i don't give a shit about the rest of it hey it's none of my business no and and B, there's got to be more to your personality than this one thing. Now, if you have defined your entire personality off of that one fucking thing. You're right. We should not be friends. You're right. Because you're boring anyway. <laughs> yeah. so, like, yeah. so I don't, <laughs> don't want to be friends with you. Like, you're boring. Like, it's when it's, it's also, I was thinking about this. I was like, I can't, I can't remember the last time 
I sat down with you or Mikey or the warfighter guys or any of my other buddies and sat down and was like, what do you think about the political climate right now? Like, that's not like when we go out and get drinks, it's like, I literally, hey, did you see this that's going on in sports or we talk cars? Or, I literally got asked that exact question point blank in my bar. The other day. No. By a guy looked at me and, and literally just goes like, so what do you think of what's going on in the politics? And I literally looked at the 24 inches worth of wood between the two of us. And I was like, bro, I'm pretty sure it's written in stone somewhere that there's two things you don't talk about in the bar. <laughs> and that's religion and in politics. politics. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Talk about a conversation killer. I, they, the dude just looked killer, at me like, just, well, I'm not going to continue a conversation this. killer. Or you get the fanatic. Or you started a fight. Yeah. It, like, the, yeah. it, there's only yeah. two things coming out of that's that. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. wow. Because if everybody agrees, that's called a rally. And yeah. they're never <laughs> good. <laughs> it, 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 like, never good. And then you find yourself in the capital. Yeah. And, yeah. The only term, the only time the word rally should be used is in super awesome European dirt road racing. Yes. Because rally cars are, rally cars and rally drivers are absolutely batshit crazy RIP number 43 RIP his daughter is killing it. it though killing it oh my god did you see her in the Porsche yes on the hill climb oh dude Ken Block motorcycle rallies and then oh. and then that was like the only other time that rallies are okay are motorcycles yes and even then I'm picky speaking <laughs> it's like speaking of gentlemen I found something we all need to go do. So there is a racing track that I went to this weekend with a good buddy of mine who works yeah, at a car shop. Where are you at? Harris Hill Raceway. Okay. It's in uh just just northeast, I believe, of San Marcos. Yep. Uh my mini my mini club goes up there. So he we I got to go and photograph one of their track days. They have they had a couple of the race Ferraris that the owner of the shop was out there tracking. Tighter. Mm. It was awesome. You shot wide. You should have shot tighter. You haven't seen them. I'll show you. I'll show you. The ones you posted were really wide. I'll, I'll show you. Okay. I got some. You're going to like them. I was, looking at, I was looking at your story going, these are really wide. But <laughs> you got a lot of extra real estate around. I don't care about the curve. I want to see the car. <laughs> <laughs> I got some of those too. But uh, they do motorcycle races on there. And I over, I, were, I was talking with a buddy of mine who was talking to the owner about it. And he said, those are every other race. He's like, we're going to have a good day the bike show up and he's like, I, my, I'm so nervous right now. So we definitely need to go check out. And it's, and it's a serious track. Is it MotoGP? I don't know exactly is what it, kind of racing it's it is. It's super bike. I'll see if I can look it up. Well, but, there's only one circuit that races the kind of stuff that we ride yeah. and that's King of the Baggers. And there's only six races a year. I want to say it's all sport bike stuff. I mean, not that I wouldn't go watch it. Yeah. I would. I'll, I'd go, I'll wa go watch it. I'll go watch sport bikes oh. somehow defy well, now gravity. Track too. I like watching so, dirt track. Dirt track I like, but the, I know the course he's talking about, mm -hmm. and it is, it is, it is low bank, high angle. It's it's damn near flat track racing. Like it's oh really, mm -hmm. but the turns are sharp. So you were talking about the only thing that I can imagine beyond that were is sport bike like super bikes. But I'll go watch that stuff because they're defying gravity. Oh it, like yeah, apparently they're on. I'm like how Mondays. You, how do you get? How do you get your bike? to the orientation of a table. Like, I don't... <laughs> like well, it's centrifugal, man. It's... You it's say that, and I'm getting more comfortable with how the lean angle on my bike, but I'm still just like... Well, really, if you're doing... That ground's getting really close. Hour, it's hard to put a bike in the ground. It's true. E even... You gotta work at it. 
You do. Even uh, on these bigger engines and stuff now, like mid-turn, if you crank it to stand it up and that back end comes out, it still just straightens out. Like yep. if you just don't fight it and you let that back end just kind of do what it needs, do what it needs to do. It'll straighten out for you, but the bike will take care of it. But, uh, it, it, it takes a minute to start mm -hmm. trusting a thousand pounds of steel underneath <laughs> you. That's trying to do its own thing. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah. So, well, I'm super spoiled after riding with you. Cause I've, I've started on nothing but big bikes. Mm -hmm. And then I started riding that little one that my wife got. And I don't trust that little thing. But, Little hey. tiny twitchy little bastard. I'm like, they're too quick. It, it, that sports are, it, it's too light. Like it's what kind of bike did Caitlin get? She's got uh what's called a uh, uh an Iron 88. So it's a it's a Sportster 883. Um, but it's a 15. So it's not the Evo Sportster, which is what most people are used to seeing around. Well, I mean the the new ones have been around for a while now. Uh, yeah. Like, well, push, well, well, now they have years. the new revolution motor on them. The yeah, but she's got the, uh, she's on an iron. So it's, yeah. it's still that. Yeah. Now it's all that liquid cool, whatever. Like it, those things are damn near looking like sport bikes. Like they're. Oh, they'll haul like a sport bike. Well, that brand that's, new that's, Sportster, that's, the Sportster, Sportster S, S is the fastest motorcycle Harley's ever made. I don't. Well, pretty. They're I, they're claiming it's the fastest one they've ever made. So I think that bike is only like 460 pounds. It's 125 horsepower. I mean, it's it's gonna kill people. Like it's and it's it's literally a plank. Like oh yeah. the seat is a it's a it's a board they wrap some leather around. Like it's she is yeah. What made her pick that one? Uh, she's not on that. Mm -mm. She's uh, not she's not on that. She's on a she's on a 883 uh, cc. Sportster. It looks like a Harley. Gotcha. Like it's a, it's a, it's a cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cruiser. Um, Top heavy. Uh, but it's, it's just, I'm used to low center of gravity. Yeah. Thousand pound touring bikes. Yeah. And then I got on that little Sportster and tried to ride it like a touring bike and the twitchy little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to take it down. Uh, well, yeah. And then it rained and uh, that's when. That that's the bike I laid down was her sportster. Oh, that's right, yeah. And uh I still can't sleep on my left side. <laughs> Maybe you can see a doctor about that. Nah, it rib injury. You ever injured your ribs? Like uh, truly injured your ribs? I don't ribs? think so. You don't get to answer this question because you've injured everything that exists. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> you haven't exactly lived a boring life, but no. uh rib injuries take forever. Mm -hmm. Like just because they never hold still. Oh. Like they move with every breath you take. Every time you bend, every time you sit down, every yeah. time you stand up, every time, like. And you it, pray you don't laugh. Oh, <laughs> God. The first week, like, I'd have to go sneeze and you'd see me, oh. like, literally, like, squeeze my rib cage to yeah. sneeze because it was, oh, oh, God, it was awful. Jeez. Uh, it also needs new tires, mm. which didn't help. These tires are, they're the stock tires from 15. Uh, yeah, tires are very important. Uh, but, Yeah twitchy little fucker yeah but uh yeah i'd go see a gp race yeah i would too I, that's not actual gp no they only race true moto gp i think coda's the nearest track that does gp i think so circuit of the americas yeah. up in austin America. but i'd go watch it i'd go watch a bunch of idiots on sport bikes yeah I, yeah i'm definitely down to go do that yeah i'm down to go watch it they're all organ donors no what i, I like to do someday is go 
and see the Isle of Man race. Oh, oh my God. God. We talked about that. I a think those weeks bikes ago. spend more time in the air than they do on the ground. Dude, I, I think you're right. Every time I've watched any of the highlight reels, I'm like, how do they get this speed? They're never touching the ground. No. It, like, it's and so they never have both wheels on the ground either. Ever. No. It's oh like, how God. are they getting these speeds? Because they're they're never on the pavement and you need yeah. friction to generate forward yeah. I motion. I don't know. I want to go see. But I, uh, yeah. Where, that, where is it held again? On the Isle uh, of Man. On the Isle of Man. Uh, it's outside Spain, right? Uh, don't don't embarrass me. I don't. I thought it was. Well, right. I just embarrassed myself because I just threw a question out there. I just threw a country out there. Hold on, make so it what we got. I thought it was Ireland. Uh, is it Ireland? It makes a lot of sense if it was Ireland. Uh, it's giving me stuff for the Irish. No, it's, sea, God damn it! It, it might be uh, Ireland. Isle of, uh, outside of England. Yeah, sorry, the Isle of Man is it, located no, you're right, in the not, Irish Sea between Great Britain and Ireland. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, there's an airline that will get us there from New York for like 129 bucks. Well, we need to check Austin. No. So we'd fly from like here to New York Hmm. and then we'd change over to that airline. It's an Irish airline. It only flies from New York and it's New York to there for like a hundred and something bucks. Oh, sweet. And we could go see the Island Man race. Now I think you're only allowed to bring like a like a, like a sandwich baggie of stuff (laughs) to get on that airline. Like you don't make spirit look fancy. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's so cheap. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't even think you get water. Like it's. <laughs> Southwest look good. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty. But to go see the Isle of Man race. Oh yeah. I'd make the sacrifice. You can always buy new clothes there. That's true. They got to have a Walmart look. I can live for a long time out of a backpack. I found a Walmart in the Dominican Republic. Yep. And I have pictures to prove it. Really? It's a hut and it said Dominican Walmart. Which was right next to Dominican Macy's, which is right next to Dominican 7-Eleven. <laughs> and and you know what none of them were? Walmart, Macy's, or a 7-Eleven? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, because uh, there's been some things that have happened since uh, I've been, a couple I've been on the show. Yeah. And, uh, and since you've been on the show, you got married. I did get married. I did. I tried to warn him. <laughs> he wouldn't listen. Dude. Hey, he's a hypocrite. He's not taking his own advice either. So yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you got uh, you got married. I did. I did. And it was a beautiful wedding. Thank you very much. Uh, it was hot as fuck. It was very toasty. Holy yeah. shit! His yeah. ceremony took place. It was hundred and four degrees outside. Oh. Yeah. When and where? Uh, Dripping Springs, Texas. Oh yeah. Like yeah. No, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like well, the venue was gorgeous. Uh, yeah, two weekends ago. Oh, yeah, been two absolutely. weeks. Yeah. So uh, that was, which by the way, to all of you listening, uh, after an hour and 20 minutes, uh, <laughs> hopefully most of y'all are listening, uh, still, but that's why there haven't been episodes the last couple of weeks. But if you were in the freedom friends group, uh, Mikey went live a couple of times, try to entertain y'all a little bit, but yeah, shitbag Justin had to go take his honeymoon. So There's nothing to do with that. Yeah. We're getting messages. We're like, why haven't you guys published? And it's like, you know what? We have lives too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Although out after the, what, four, four years we've been doing this now, we've only missed two weeks. So this that's is, pretty so good. We're calling, we're calling the last four years season one. Yeah. <laughs> now we're having a season break. Yeah. And then we're gonna, season two. Yeah. Y- y'all are lucky. Cause it's a hundred fuck outside. There just may not be more episodes to the end of summer. Like it's too <laughs> damn hot. It like, it's just, it's, it's hot. Year. Yeah. But, um, so, but yeah, Justin, so how is it two weeks in? It's same as before. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I wear a little extra jewelry. He's just like the rest of us. Yeah. Well, I, He's going to lie. I gave no him a, no, I gave him a little yeah. bit of a, I gave him a little uh, bit of a warning and I was yeah. like, look, okay, it's yeah. a big day. 
mm-hmm. and yeah. you should have a lot of fun today mm-hmm. and you're going to go on your honeymoon and it's going to be awesome. And then you're going to come back and you're going to go, Oh shit. The only thing that's different is my taxes. Yeah. Like it doesn't, nothing yeah. really functionally changes. Like, yeah, the, how you will introduce her will be different and that yeah. will feel a little off the mm-hmm. first couple times you do it. Yeah. The whole like, cause instead of going like, Oh, this is my girlfriend or my fiance. And you get to do like, oh, this is my wife. I have enjoyed that part. It, yeah. And it, then the the part about getting everything legal. Yeah. You know, then all the paperwork kicks in. The and then it's all of a sudden like, Luckily, you got to go to the bank. You got to get each other on, you know, yeah. bank accounts. And- Luckily, she found this uh, this service where they send her, she, she types in her information and they send her all of these documents for like name change, all of the stuff. For that includes that, cool. you know and she just signs it. You know all that's free, right? All the pre-filled out stuff. I, I don't no, know. Like all that paperwork's free. Yeah, I've, it's like I those companies know, out there. They're like, it's never been easier to start an LLC. Pay us three hundred dollars, and we'll do it. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's two forms. Like you, they're free. You yeah. just fill them out, and you pay the state fee. It yeah. like you're more. It costs more to disband one than to create. Yeah, one. No shit. <laughs> like so, yeah. But uh, I, but I also get the convenience of that. Of like. They know where it's going and all that. Yeah. It's yeah. like people that use those passport services. It's like, I don't know how to do this. And it's like, well, we do. Yeah. So use us and we'll make sure you get your passport. Yeah. Sometimes stuff like that smart money lets somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This the it, my time my time's important to me. And that's the deal. Yeah. Where do you value your time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I got motorcycles to ride. That's why I'm waiting for AI to spin up so that I can produce this damn show and you know, I can just sit back and hit a couple buttons. Yeah. yeah. But what is it going to produce? It's just porn. Can't get worse, right? If the internet has <laughs> if the internet has taught me anything, is that anything we come up with just turns into porn. It's okay. Yeah, All right. it's real true. Does like do you know why Blu-ray became the the standard over that HD DVD? Mm-mm. I don't know if you're old enough to even remember that there was there was two formats. No, I remember that. Yeah. So there was HD DVD. There was Beta also. Oh, that's going way back. Yeah. I'm talking about the so Blu-ray. Yeah. And then there was HD DVD. Right. Because DVD was the format, digital video disc. Right. And then the predecessor to that was Laserdisc. Mm-hmm. But those things were the size of records. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the machine for it was outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they made DVD. Well, then they made HD DVD and Blu-ray came along at the same time. Like they were, so they were competing. One had the red band on the top and one had the blue box. And that's right. And a lot of movies came out on both formats, depending on which kind of player you had. Do you know why Blu-ray won? Why is that? The porn industry went with Blu-ray. Wow. That's right. I didn't know that. So the porn industry chose Blu-ray as the standard for, this was, now this is back when the internet wasn't fast enough for everybody to stream it all. So people yeah. were still buying yeah. movies. They, they sold more Porn, the photography industry sold more DVDs than anything Than else. anything combined. Nice. Yeah, combined. Like the, the two largest customers for disc format when when that competition was going on was like Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and the porn industry. Like that wow. was, those were the two big customers. And so, but the porn industry decided like, nope, everything, Blu-ray, that's where we're going. Huh. And so the sheer quantity of what was getting made just made it to where Blu-ray just had so much money. Nice. That that was just the standard. Come and on, so, Yeah. Just creating jobs, you know? And so the all the, all the players, all the everything that, that went that route all went I do, Blu-ray. I do remember, because I had, I, I remember when Xbox was like 
we are also a Blu-ray player. And I was like, fuck yeah. So the one that, the sign that you knew it was all over is when the PS3 came out and the PS3 was a Blu-ray player and it was certified as the best Blu-ray player on the market. The Mm -hmm. best one you could buy was the PlayStation. Yeah. So there was like- People bought it just- Just to be a Blu-ray player. Yeah. 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 Because it was was like 300 bucks. It was 300 bucks to get a PS3 Mm -hmm. or it was like $500 to buy a standalone Blu-ray player. Yeah. That's why my Xbox has always been, since I moved out, has always been in the living room. Because I have like all the Batmans and all the Fast and Furious. Just a player. And it was it was like, well, like I could put this in my room, I guess, but if I want to watch a movie with someone, like it has to be in the living room. So that's why it's always because it's the only Blu-ray player I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. So like but I think I have one in a box. Oh, really? Like if you want just a if you don't want just an Xbox standing in your living room and you just want Oh no, I've got it like tucked behind our TV. Oh, okay. It's all fancy like. Like if you want like uh, just to have oh, a Blu-ray in my player. living room, I got Xbox, PS5, and that's the Man, yeah, he, no, he's more stacked than I am. No, he's a huge nerd. Oh, that's awesome! Like giant gaming rig. Hell yeah! Maintains his own gaming servers. Like huge nerd. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, we just got those. Um, they got them from Amazon. Those hide it mounts. Mm. So they're made in America. They're steel mounts, and they are shaped to fit your console. And you bolt them into the wall, and then your oh. console just slides into them. And I, they're yeah. meant to hide. To mount all of your stuff behind your TV. Yeah. So you don't have all these gaming consoles sitting around. Oh. Well, you know, I like my gaming room. Yes, you do. Yes. And it's That's not bad. Awesome. But uh, so now I have a I have a Switch, an Xbox, and a PS5. Yeah. And uh, they're all hanging on the wall behind my TV now. So if you go in my living room, all you see is just the TV. You see That's no fair. other devices anywhere. Yeah. Well, so basically, you see the PS5, and you see the Xbox, you see the cable, and the TV. And then in the computer room, I have my mobile monitors. Yeah. Your computer setup is yeah. kind of insane. I like it. It's not bad. <laughs> it's Works not for bad. him. I like his computer room. It's it's literally his huge gaming rig and a humidor. That's like the whole room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's, That's awesome. No, there's some Harley stuff in there. There's some Harley yeah, paraphernalia. I got some Harley paraphernalia. There but, you uh, go. Yeah. But everything else happens in the rest of the house. Yeah. Like when I do wood carving and that, mm-hmm. it's in the living room. <laughs> not, not in my room. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a, I, I think that's between the backyard and, or no, the garage and my office. There's like my next two projects for the house. Mm. Really get those how I want them to. But yeah, I think I'm replacing my desk. Oh, really? Well, I got those new monitors and now they don't fit on my desk. <laughs> my de- it's too short uh, so like I can't do that and have my speaker I don't have enough real estate like it they're too the desk is too small well that's why I got that monitor tower yeah so I could put my monitors up yeah well I it's, I bought that desk several years ago and I got it's like an L-shaped desk but mm-hmm. the two wings aren't very long uh, and at the time I had like one monitor and my computer hooked up to it and it was fine but now I've got a I've got multiple monitors and mm. it, it's just, they don't, they don't fit. Just a first world problem, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember the last time I turned my computer on. So <laughs> I just, and I'm at work and I, I stare at a screen all day and, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm editing or I'm ordering or I'm on some fucking zoom call because people can't just call you anymore. 
Yeah, what the hell's going on with that nowadays? Like, can't you just call me? Does it have to be this yeah. video phone call? Like, I don't want to see you. I'm like, Absolutely, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if I'm on a video phone call, that means I have to just stand here and talk to you. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't You're better that. than me. I'd be like, sure. And then I'm just not turning any of my shit on. I, well, like, no, I can't multitask at that point. Yeah. I'm like. No. That's why you, you, you get Zoom on your phone and you answer it and you set it right down like you would like taking a call and putting it on speaker and be like, see, or you could just call me like a normal human being. One of my reps, I feel so bad for him because the company has given him the standard where he has to make eight to 10 video calls because they're not an in-store rep program. Eight to 10 video calls so that you're getting FaceTime with your customers. Because the owner group is older. And so they're yeah. trying to do this old school, like, well, since you can't go face to face, we're going to get FaceTime. So he asked me if I could just be one of his weekly phone calls because we've become friends. Yeah. And I'm like, sure. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but just sure. Answering I'll the let- call, butt ass naked. No, so he always calls me level. so I'm always at the store. So what he's always looking at on the, because he's on a work computer and they're tracking what he's doing. But my side is always just like that back wall behind my bar. Mm-hmm. And I'll like, I'll put my earbuds in because I work on a Mac. So I'll put my earbuds in. Well, it's like a 60 foot range yeah. on the headset. So I'm like walking around the store doing other stuff and I'm talking to him, but I treat it like a phone call. I'm like, yeah. there, you can check the box, but yeah. I'm not going to stand here and stare at you. No, I, I, Plus you're kind of an ugly chud. <laughs> yeah, I don't like those. Yeah, it's weird to me that everyone wants to FaceTime now or video call. And I'm like, no, like a phone call is perfectly well, I'm, fine. I'm really the type that if I want to talk to you, I want to just sit down and talk yep. to you. Yeah. I don't really care to talk on the phone either. Yeah. I like face, as you know. I yeah. Like to, yeah. I like, I'm going to come and talk to you. Oh, yeah. Come to you talk. That's one of the things I like about you. Like, so like if I get a text from Steve, it'll literally be like this place, this time. And that's the whole text. Nice. And it's just like, yeah, that's all the info I need. Yeah. Because I'm the same way. Like, if we yeah. need to chat, then let's sit down and chat. But like, let's yeah, let's spend the time together yeah. and talk. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. But uh, everybody now just wants to be, or look at this. Mikey's actually trying to FaceTime me right now. Oh, this shit. This is one of the other hosts. We Speaking were of shitbags and FaceTiming. Oh. <laughs> What's up, shitbag? <laughs> hey, buddy. What's up? Oh, thank you. Oh. Uh, we are currently recording an episode. I have Steve with me. Hey, big Steve. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you called me uh, mid-record. So oh, we're, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Justin's over there. Uh, it's obviously. No, obviously <laughs> worthless. <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, we're doing a little, little, uh, little duo episode. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, which we've gone way over time. Very mediocre golf today. Jazz, hold up to the mic for me. A little bit of a hangover, but now I'm enjoying a cocktail. And I'm sitting here with a couple freedom friends. I got the old Goshen boys with me. Wow. Bam. He's as ugly as I remember. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. But I'll let you guys get back to it, man. All right, man. Well, I appreciate the call. Happy birthday, buddy. Appreciate it. Also, we should have mentioned this earlier in the show. Everybody in the comments, wish Jazz a happy birthday. That's entirely unnecessary. No, it's not. <laughs> tell him tell him what you hope this next year of life brings him. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I got that for you for your birthday. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it just happens to be my birthday today. So mm-hmm. um, I but, wish him happy birthday the other day. Got it over with. That's smart. Got it out of the smart way. man. Yeah, I had fun though. Yeah. It was a good time. Huh? It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. it was. We had a good time. So, anyways, like he said though, we found amazingly long. It's our show. We can do what the hell we That's want. That's fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else do we need to cover? That's pretty much it, man. Everybody wish Jazz a happy birthday. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, I'm gonna have a poll down there. If you're not on Spotify, you're somewhere else. Leave a comment wherever you can. I want to know out of the big four: baseball, football, basketball, soccer. Which is your sport? What do you like to watch more? There's only one correct answer. Really now? That's one correct answer. What's what's your answer? I'll I'll wait for the poll to finish and okay. then I'll tell everybody why they're wrong. All right. Um, I'm curious because you football, like baseball and you played soccer, so yeah. Football then baseball. Oh, see, I'm flipped on that. I'm flipped. But I I think that's probably the the most famous I'm, answer. I'm not gonna lie. I think football's boring as shit to watch. Oh, I love it. I like watching it, yeah. yeah. It's just boring. On our Michigan trip, mm-hmm. we went to Lambeau Field, got to walk on Lambeau. That's and cool. you're too young, but the whole time there, I just kept having visions of Vince Lombardi. Yeah. That hat and everything? Yeah. 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 Just, it was so cool. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, back in the day when coaches were, uh, gentlemen yeah and they came to work yeah. dressed as gentlemen yeah it wasn't all just polos and right cut off hoodies yeah or hoodies <laughs> and a track mm-hmm. pants or whatever like no i mean like vince showed up suit hat like that was his job that was he his showed job. up yeah we've i've talked about that on the show several times about like i don't understand people that fly in pajamas and shit and i'm like what are you doing it like yeah. put some damn clothes on it's not that hard it like no be presentable so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Vince Lombardi and, and uh, the other coaches of the time, you know, but to walk on that field where the great ice bowl was played. That's wild. Is, that's know. another one of those stadiums that's like, like, I'm not a big football guy, but the opportunity to go to Lambeau, I'd take yeah. it. Like, I'd absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I got to go to uh, Three Rivers before they imploded that and turned oh. it into Heinz. I got to go to Three Rivers and the Igloo before they got rid of that. Oh, man. Because uh, I lived in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. So, uh, like, I got to see Lemieux play with the Penguins in the igloo. Like, so that was cool. Well, I see. I went to... Uh, Honestly, if, if there's any sport to watch, it's hockey. Hockey. Watching is hockey, hockey is... Live. Hockey is I like hockey live. Oh, God. The noise. I know. It's not just that, insane. What amazes me about hockey, when you get up in, the like, the stars level... Yep. Those guys, when they come in... When they fly into the dugout and out of the dugout, it's, I mean, it, 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 it's unbelievable. Yeah. Those guys hit that dugout doing as fast as they can, and the next guys are coming out all at the same time and going. That is something about, I mean, just. The, uh, the igloo before they got rid of it in Pittsburgh. Um, so the way they made all of the upper stands, it's all this like folded steel with girders underneath it. Mm-hmm. Well, the fans would get up there and then they just poured like a thin layer of concrete over it and the fans would get in there and all the fans figured out that if everybody bounced at the same time, they could make the whole stadium move. Oh, So you'd be in the stands and literally, and I don't mean like it would wiggle. I'm talking 
three to six inches of vertical movement that was going on with these. And the first time you go, you're like, I'm gonna die in here. Like, <laughs> this whole thing's coming down. And, uh, and they'd been doing it for decades. And so that was cool. And then I actually got to go to three rivers where the Steelers played. And that's where like the iron curtain was played. Like right. all of that. I got to go to that stadium before. And then we all skipped school the day they blew, they blew it up mm. to build that yellow monstrosity they have now. Heinz Field is hideous. They made all the seats Heinz mustard yellow. Yikes. It is not Steelers gold. It is Heinz mustard yellow. Yeah. 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 Well, because Heinz is from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, uh, and, but they're black and gold. Yeah. And they didn't make gold seats. Nope. They made Heinz mustard yellow seats. It's hideous. And you can see it from the sky, from like, like if you fly in there. Yeah. Like you can see. The yellow, like it's that much yellow. <laughs> I think like, I'm gonna finally go to my first Texans game this year. I have a buddy of mine yeah. who is a Titans fan. Who you watch people lose? Oh, that's more, those. I I was an Astros fan when we were ass too. So <laughs> I ride with my boys. I've been but, an Astros fan since well pre Biggio, pre Bagwell, pre like like original uniform, and then was still a fan when they switched it to the blue and silver with the weird open star, and then the switch back to the tricolor. Well, yeah. I like the Astros. I'm a Cubs fan, and I like the Astros. Yeah. I, but I've been to many Astros games. Yeah. Yeah. The Dome was awesome. And uh, I've been I've been to the Dome closed. I've been to it open, like the whole thing. I went to a couple games at Minute Maid. I'm not a... I like Minute Maid. It's, yeah, it just wasn't the Dome. Because eh. the Dome was yeah. just... The Dome held like 35,000 people. Yeah. Or something like that. And just it, the roar that happened in there and the crack of the bat that just echoed through that thing. Yeah. Just like, God, mm. largest above ground structure in the world. That's a time. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So Ugly. different beast. But, uh, growing up as a kid, I was just a Nolan Ryan fan. Oh, absolutely. So I was just a fan of whatever team he played on. Yeah. Mm. So that's when I became a Strohs fan and then he went to the Rangers. Yeah. So then I became a Rangers fan. Yeah. Because Ryan was pitching for the Rangers. And it was just like, I didn't really give a shit about the Rangers. <laughs> I was just a Nolan Ryan fan. Yeah. Uh, so then when he retired, I just, I went back to being an Astros fan. Yeah. So I, I, I've always loved the Astros. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. But I followed, I followed Ryan. So I, I, I was an Astros fan and then I wanted to see a team win every now and then. So I was a Rangers fan and an Astros fan for a while. And then I fell off with the Rangers. I, I worked in Dallas for a while. Mm -hmm. And the, the company I worked for was fantastic. They had a box at Rangers Stadium mm -hmm. that we got to go to. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. But the year, Nolan Ryland's last year, mm. they made sure that we got to go to the first game he pitched. And the last game. That's amazing. Oh, awesome. I cannot imagine what the last Ryan game was like to be at. Oh, yeah. Man, it was. Because he walked off that field like a gentleman. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. And, but he, I mean, you talk about a gentleman. What a career. Yeah. Yeah, what a career. And just. You know, he held like a 230 batting average. I did not know that. Because he played AL and NL. So yeah. he like So he played where the pitchers. Yeah. The pitchers batted as well. And he was still like a 230 at the plate. Damn. For a pitcher, yeah. that is. Not like, bad. Yeah. But I mean, so like, I remember when he got a seventh no hitter. Mm. I remember when he broke uh, 15,000 strikeouts. Like, like I'm old enough to remember like that, the, the tail end. 
I wasn't around obviously when they like he played for Anaheim and he like yeah I, that was pretty I don't mean. remember him playing for Anaheim, just when he played for the but, Rangers. Uh, Were but, you around when he delivered those uh those knuckle sandwiches to I can't remember the guy. No. Was that before? That you was were? that w- I was alive. Yeah. It was before I got into baseball. I was paying attention to baseball. That was that is but, one of my fa- every now and then it resurfaces on social media and I'm like, "Oh, I love this video so much." And then he finished pitching the game. Mm-hmm. And he only got yelled at because he was punching with his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, did you get in trouble? Uh, okay. Coach oh, yelled at I me. used my throwing hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a G. But you're talking about somebody. I mean, this was it, now these pitchers, you know, 102, 103 is just like, yeah, welcome to the league. Like that's, mm. it, I mean, and so, I yeah. mean, you're talking about a dude that, I mean, he was called the Ryan Express because yeah, right. it was, you know, he could consistently yeah. deliver that level of speed. Yeah. And, uh, but man, what a career. Did you, I found out something I didn't know. What's up? Did you know what the big hurt did after he retired? Mm-hmm. He is a professional photographer for oh, the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I follow him on social media. I was like, he shoots everything. What? He shoots, he, he's gone to Africa a bunch of times. He's yeah, posted so, a bunch of that stuff. And they all do. Yeah. But like <clears throat> during the NFL season, He's a sideline photographer for the NFL. Like that's just yeah. what he does now. Yeah. He like, went from like, throwing heat to pressing shutter buttons. I'm trying to find. But uh, I always uh, thought it would be cool to be as a photographer on the sideline for the NFL. Oh, yeah. But a buddy of mine actually got uh, a pass. Oh, that's and awesome. Because he had to work for a newspaper. So he got a newspaper to say, okay, here's, yeah, we'll, we'll credential you. He said he'd never worked so hard in his life. Oh, yeah. Those guys, those I guys said, he, said he, he had five remote command, cameras, mm-hmm. and he was running up and down the field, and he said, of course, the newspaper was constantly in his ear, wanting to send it, send it, send it. Um, well, and a lot of those guys, like, you know, they're shooting on, like, 300 to 500s. Yeah. And those lenses are they're so heavy. Oh yeah, and, no kidding. And, like, and you see these guys that are picking them up, and they're like, they're hustling down the field because the plays have changed and all this stuff. I've got a, a woman I went to um, film school with, and her she went to film school to get a job with NFL. Like she wanted to shoot video for the NFL, and she got the gig. Mm. And uh, she is shredded, like <laughs> like just they move. she is so beyond fit, and she's shooting on like. Big professional grade, yeah. and like huge oh God, shoulder mounted down. video. And she's an itty bitty thing. She's like five three, like a tiny little thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. But that's all she wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a different beast. Yeah. But different animal. That's why they all, if you if you look closely, a bunch of them will have the tripods around there. Yep. Because their arms would just be tough, especially the guys that are sitting at like the 50 yard line because they get majority of the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're just they're on the low tripods. Or- they look like they're watching a tennis match because yep. they're just constantly moving. Like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. But it's wild. Gotta be hard. Anywho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got actually a dinner to go to. So uh, well, let's wrap well, this not bitch up. To go to. My, my wife is making me dinner. For my nice. Wife. But um, all right. She asked me what I wanted. I wanted Dijon chicken. So she's making me chicken. Sweet. Yeah. So I've got to go home and eat my dinner. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, warfightertobacco.com. Uh, use that code FTFO, 15% off your order. Uh, ohwellness.us, Freedom Friends 25. Get your quarter off your order. And uh, grillyourassoff.com slash Freedom Friends podcast. You get a little uh, little discount over there for uh, ordering all their tasty rubs. In the meantime, I'm going to raise my glass and say thank you for being my Freedom Friends. Thank you.
Mm. And uh, three little things, words to live by. You've heard them a million times, so you're going to hear them a million more. And that's uh, smoke on, drink on, and goddamn it, boys, freedom, freedom the fuck on. <laughs>